Hey yo, my name's Sonia. And my name's Januni. And welcome back to another episode of Beaker Bros. Where we drink out of beakers. Because we're bros. How hey. are you, Jawani? I am tired from all the work that I do nonstop, Sonia. Oh gosh darn it. Do you know what some people call that? What is it, Sonia? Workaholism. <laughs> and hey, what a beautiful segue to today's topic being workaholism. What is workaholism, Sonia? Well, <laughs> we're diving right in. We're starting the episode. <laughs> no no uh, catch up, no nothing. We're just diving right in. We're getting no, to but- the- you know why? Because we're workaholics and we need to get this stuff done. We're getting the show on the road, radio. Okay. <laughs> what is workaholism? The reason why you've clicked on this episode? Well, it refers to someone who is compulsively driven to work, often at the expense of their relationships and their health. And they have been, uh, they may have difficulty setting limits on the amount of time they spend working. So it's just like constant bombardment of work and nothing else you know how the 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 nerf or nothing it's work or nothing (laughs) that's a good one have Um, you ever had a little stints of workaholism Januni, or do you feel like you've been pretty balanced in your life let me have a moment of reflection in most recent times no um back in like actually no 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 i think i I'm a person that if I do too much work, I can feel that. My body can also tell that. And it takes snaps and it needs its time. Like if I want, I guess I could pull through, but I also know to listen to my body and know that sometimes it needs a break and I can do that. Like those times, don't get me wrong. I will spend a whole day finish starting and finishing a 10 page report, right? Like I'll do it. Working smart, not hard, you know? Yeah. 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 Exactly. So I don't think it's like being a workaholic um, because I'm not constantly doing that. I'm, yeah, I think I have a good balance with my friendships and social life and health and all that stuff um, in regards to working and schoolwork and stuff. Yeah. So I'm going to say no. How about you, Sonia? Once. And I remember it very vividly. It was the worst summer. (laughs) It was the summer. (laughs) Pardon? It was the summer of 2020. It was the summer of, no, it was the summer going into second year. And mm. I remember that is when I went through my whole stint of like recovering from dropping out, um, like trying to figure out what program I wanted to do X, Y, Z. So I was taking so many courses during the summer and I was working my butt off and I had literally no time to do anything else other than schoolwork. I would bus home. Um, well, no, I was I would do schoolwork and then I would uh, a couple times a week I had to take the go bus home to do work back in Markham. So I was uh, doing school in Hamilton, then I would yeet back to Markham and it was just back and forth. And during the weekends, I never had a break and blah, blah, blah. So not to like say, oh, woe was me because people have it so much harder. But I remember like that was a stint where I did not have balance and yeah. it haunts me till this day, but I've recovered and I consider myself a very balanced individual now. You learned from that and you know what you need now. And Health how you well, baby. Oh yeah. <laughs> Anyways. Um, so 
with all that being said, it begs the question, why do people become workaholics? Janini, do you have any input on that? I was going to say, I'm really glad you asked me that question because I have three main reasons why. One, psychological causes. Two, childhood influences. Three, work-related factors. So let's kind of dive into first psychological causes, right? Um, This is essentially where individuals that experience a lot of stress typically tend to be workaholics. Moreover, certain psychological traits may contribute to an inclination towards workaholism. This includes perfectionism, narcissism, or a lower self-esteem. Workaholics may also lack hobbies and close social connections. It can be difficult to address workaholism because it is often viewed as a positive trait, I guess, Um, unlike addictions like alcoholism, right? In relation to low self-esteem, workaholics may be driven to work excessively in order to gain approval and respect from their peers. So it's almost like masked, um, masked as like even an issue because it's like, oh, you're working, you're such a hard worker, you're doing this constantly, you get praised. It's almost like a cycle, right? Um, Like they said, when you compare it to alcoholism, it's like, oh, like, you know, there's what is the negative impacts or consequences or whatever a bit more apparent. It's like, oh, that's not okay. Um, you know, kind of addressing that as an addiction while workaholism doesn't, it doesn't, it's not as transparent as an addiction. Um, and also another factor, as I said, was the childhood influences. So another reason why people are workaholics may actually lie in their upbringing, including a stressful childhood, early adult responsibilities, and having workaholic parents, um, such that these individuals experiencing this upbringing reportedly have a higher likelihood of becoming workaholics in the future, which is kind of fascinating. Um, There might be inadequate relationships within the families or a lack of unconditional love may also contribute to the development of workaholism. For some people, work may serve as a coping mechanism to help balance emotions, fill up the emotional gap, and provide a sense of purpose. So as you can see, like having workaholic parents can kind of create this cycle of like, you know, you don't feel like you had the proper relationship with your family, you might not feel like you got the love that you need, which contributes to like, you know, seeking approval from, you know, just doing more work and stuff like that. Yeah. Um, sorry, did you want to add something, Sonia? I feel like I've been sh- going on a spiel. <laughs> no, it's okay. I, I I was just agreeing and I, I, had, I, I, I didn't want to cut you off. I just, sorry, were you done? <laughs> I, I was going to go to the work-related factors now. but oh, if Keep you... going. Keep going. Hey. I'll say my point <laughs> after. You're on a roll. <laughs> gonna go. um, so then there's work-related factors where one reason why people may become workaholics is that their job becomes their primary source of emotional and so- uh, social fulfillment. And they might find a sense of purpose, identity, and community through their work, which can be especially appealing if they feel disconnected or unfulfilled in other areas of their life. So this can actually lead them to gradually work longer and longer hours, often to a point of constantly overworking and sacrificing their personal time and well-being. Um, This pattern can be ingrained in their personality. They may not even realize that they have developed an unhealthy imbalance between work the rest of the life what's really interesting about all these factors like the psychological causes childhood influences and work-related factors that they are very interconnected that i'm kind of like noticing as i read through this like one causes this and this and this this may be an issue so they kind of seek this and then they seek that but everything plays into the role of why um people become workaholics 
Yeah, I was, as you were talking, the comments I was going to say before, but was happy that I waited until the end to also hear your comments on the work-related factors. Mm -hmm. Everything from this description sounds like they all have, like, social influences on what contributes to people to becoming uh, workaholics. Like, it's, like, the social gratification, uh, the social like community that's garnered out of it, like the sh socialization, I guess, from uh, what's the word, like from their upbringing and seeing mm -hmm. their parents. So it's all very like in interconnected. So I thought that, yeah, that was a very good description there. It's interesting to also consider how um, through social media and uh, just media in general, seeing people promote their lives and promoting promoting this sort of grind mindset. Um, I'd be curious to see how that contributes to workaholism as well. Mm, Cause there's almost like, like society praises people for being hard workers and kind of you know hustling and all that stuff, right? Um that it is almost like a feeling or feeling good about it because you're like, oh my God, I'm being praised for it. It almost feels that cycle. Mm -hmm. But then there's like this borderline of you're actually hustling and you're grinding versus you might be a workaholic, you know? Yeah. And it's also an element of by seeing these narratives online, it per perpetuates that, oh, you're never enough. Because mm -hmm. in comparison, like if you want to look at things quantitatively, like, oh, you could say this person has 30,000 followers, has X amount of dollars in their bank account, and they're doing X, Y, Z. But then this person has 100,000 followers, and they're doing X, Y, Z, and has X amount in their bank account. So it's, it, it, I feel like it perpetuates uh, just like comparison, which ultimately mm -hmm. fuels workaholism. Mm -hmm. This is very I bad. I find the most successful people that I've met in my life even though like they they grind and they work extremely hard they also have that balance in their life i don't think mm -hmm. i know someone i mean success could be very subjective and if i'm rambling let me know but yeah success can be subjective but i guess in my interpretation of what success is so having like social and familial support but also having like validation in your career and your life mm -hmm. and whatever None of the people that I would consider as successful are workaholics. They work mm. very hard, but they're not workaholics. They have balance. Mm. No, I agree. I agree. So it's not because like workaholism is when it affects their relationships and their health. So if yeah. that doesn't really have an effect, it's just maybe they're generally hard workers, you know, mm -hmm. they know how to balance it all. Or maybe um, if you feel like it's not having an effect but it is, it could be like a subconscious thing. Like, are you subtracting yourself from social situations all the time just to get like a report in? Yeah, yeah, no, I agree. But yeah. that being said, we can talk about some of the consequences of workaholism a little bit more <laughs> in depth from what we said. Mm -hmm. So uh, there is a report or a paper from Baker and colleagues that was published in uh, 2014, and it found that workaholism showed a positive relationship with uh, work-family conflict and demonstrated a negative association perceived uh, partner-family satisfaction. So that goes back to, like, how it's interesting. Like, your childhood um, influences can contribute to be you being a workaholic, but then it could also have negative impacts like the negative impacts you may have experienced 
could also be passed down to your family because you become a workaholic and then they experience the same things that you might have when you were a kid so I don't know that's interesting to also recognize and then there's another paper that came out in 2010 which looked at how alcohol or not alcoholism workaholism affected worker uh, health and performance so causing like a lot more errors and injury and illness in the workplace and then although there may be a temporary feel-good component with becoming an alcoholic or oh my god a workaholic um, it appears uh, to be at the expense of hurting others around you, which is really sad. You don't want to hurt your pals. No, not at all. Um, I'm kind of curious because I think at first when we were talking about workaholism, my mind kind of strayed to the idea of not to the idea to like the policy that was um was in effect. I think I believe June of 2022, the right to disconnect, where essentially. Um, in Canada specifically, in Ontario specifically, where the right to disconnect law gives employees the right to detach from work activity outside of work hours um, for companies, Brit employees of 25 or more people. So they had to write a policy, blah, blah, blah. Um, but it kind of stems from the fact that with many people now working remotely, the line between work and home life has become more blurred and employees are likely to find it more difficult to like switch off from work basically um but this kind of policy this law that's kind of been taken into effect um is important because it basically aims to avoid the whole burnout and unproductivity among employees um but yeah so then i kind of like looked into that and i was also thinking about how canada before canada many other countries around the world actually have enforced the right to disconnect law but they also have other um situations where um, other countries that actually take on work and office hours. So obviously we want to avoid the detriments of workaholism, right? And But Western Europe seems to actually be on the track. So with German, uh, German, Germany, sorry, um, it actually, there's an attempt to promote work-life balance and help enable parents, both men and women, to reconcile their work with their family life. So Germany has made it illegal for businesses and shops to stay open as long as they please, for there are strict regulations concerning opening and closing hours um, in the very own Amsterdam, Netherlands. Um, pew, pew, pew. <laughs> there's actually a design firm where they actually rigged the desks to the ceiling so that after 6 p.m., the desks will actually levitate upward <laughs> to prevent employees from working any further. What the heck? That's actually kind of cool and very fascinating. I actually might want to check that out. Yeah, um, just, <laughs> just check it out. out. Just go into a chair and be like, okay, here at 6 p.m. At 6 p.m. See you later, Um, And then there is, uh, I'm sorry, I can't see well, but a Daimler uh, German car company where employees are on vacation. So the company sets their emails so they cannot receive work-related emails. Which, I mean, I feel like sometimes people do that. Like, you know, when you get emails, you get an automated email back. And like, hey, I'm on vacation. I'll answer it on so-and-so days. Um, but it's interesting to see how different countries are kind of trying to acknowledge that, that workaholism exists um, by making steps and making ways towards you know fixing that yeah i wonder though how this policy if at all will um i guess support 
workaholic tendencies in Ontario because um, like for example I can comment on like being in a school setting and being in a research setting and um, with whatever like if you're not working after hours like if you're not doing xyz like there it's almost an expectation that you are to get stuff done mm-hmm. so and I'm there's so many industries as well outside of that where it's sort of expected which is super toxic and mm-hmm. terrible to to be blunt about it but then it also makes me consider like folks who um maybe can't make a living wage or a, a living income from, you know, just working a typical nine to five, right? And having to seek out a second job rather than, you know, being able to work extended hours at home from, you know, charging extra hours to whatever their company is doing. Yeah. So there's a lot of considerations there, but we'll see how it impacts uh, work-life culture within the next couple of years, if at all. This could be a follow-up yeah. that we could do. A couple of years, yeah. Yeah, we'll circle back on this episode. Yeah. Stay tuned for 2025. <laughs> oh my god, that's oh, we'll be so old. <laughs> that's only in two years. Yeah, but like something about that, like 2025, like we'll be 20, 25, 24, 25. Yeah, Sonia, we'll be 25. Well, depending on the time of year. Like, okay, I'm, yeah, I'm yeah, a late, yeah. I'm a late baby. I'm November, okay. and okay. you're April. So, like, if we said this in January of 2025, you'd still be 24. Okay, okay, okay. That's valid. That's valid. But like yeah. December of 2025, we'll both be 25. We'll be yeah. That's fine. yeah. Okay. <laughs> well, um, thank you for joining uh this week's episode. Mm-hmm. And stay tuned for upcoming episodes. I'm we have some fun ones planned. I think. Oh, yeah. I didn't mention, I am i don't know if I've mentioned this already, but you know, when I'm in the Netherlands and we're doing our little trip, what if we did like little Beaker Bros goes international? Well, that's so cool. Like, oh my God. I would if love we're that. road tripping to wherever we end up going, like we could do a podcast on the road. Whoa. I'm down. I'm excited. Well, stay we'll tuned, stay tuned for that, guys. Yeah, for some exciting content. Well, Janine, it's very late where you are, so we'll let you go. Peace out, everyone. Goodbye. I forgot I was stopping the episode.